white-breasted nut crab, and you'd be like, oh, wow, okay then. what? <laughs> <laughs> Let's Google the white-breasted nut crab. And see I don't if think that's going to turn up a good thing. <laughs> hey, Matt. Hey, Mike. Want to do a podcast? Yeah. All right, cool. So, welcome to Hacking the Grepson. There, I remember to say the name of the podcast. Ha-ha, first time. <laughs> no. Um, so today, I thought we'd talk about a, a little-known company called Google. Oh, like the number? Uh, no, that, that, that's a that's a Google. This is more Google. Oh. Yeah. The G-O-O-G-O-L is the, what, one with a thousand zeros I don't after know it? how many zeros it anyway. A lot. Yeah. No, but uh, no, I'm talking about the company, the search and advertising company that has taken over the internet and controls everything. Oh, Yahoo Inclu- Answers. <laughs> it's, no, 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 no. It's AskJeeves.com. Oh, yes. yes. Uh, Google. So you may be uh, aware. Alta Vista. Yes. Uh, Hotbot. Dogpile. Um, Google.com and all the star.google domains. No, we're talking about the skill of Googling to find answers to programming questions. Right. Like, how does Googling... Is it okay to Google as a software developer? Yeah. How do you do it? Like, is that an important skill to have? All that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Is it something you want to be proud of? Or is it a secret shame? Um, I mean, I I don't think so, but we're going to talk about it. So, when you're programming, that includes... Not just writing code, but figuring out problems. Yes. And how do you figure out those problems? If you are a super genius, you just fix the problem, or actually you don't have any in the first place. But if you're a normal human being trying to tell a computer what to do, sometimes you don't know exactly what to input into the computer to make it do the thing you want it to do. Yeah. I, I think it's important, like, if we're going to talk about Googling, we should talk about what it used to look like. Like when you and I started in this industry. Yes, in the Stone Age. Yes. Back before, literally before Google. Yes. I remember when Google was like this weird new company yeah. trying to, what, un- unseat Yahoo, probably. Yeah. Yeah. With this new, like, was it PageRank algorithm that they used? As opposed to just an index of every website, they're like, no, 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 we're going to use, you know, algorithms to figure out yeah, what you're so, looking for. So back then, if you didn't know how to do something, you looked in a book. An actual physical book, book, or you talked to somebody. Those were the only two, or you, or you just kept trying. I guess you could use. <laughs> actually, you know what? There is, there was a third man pages. You could use man pages to look things up. If you were on a Unix system, you could do man pages and like look up functions in C. If really, the, I didn't know you could do that. Yeah, if man like three was installed, like there was like there were volumes of information that you could put on your computer so that man would know more things and you could like explicitly put the software development ones pretty much just c from what i remember but it would like you could like man print f and it would give you like wow can you still do that let's find out okay by googling uh man print f hey look at that wow (laughs) i did not know that oh but that that's the unix command print oh yeah do something more like man scan f Oh, that's there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I was right. It's Man 3. Right. <laughs> wow, that's that's impressive. That's the thing I haven't looked at in like 20 years. Oops. Right. But I'm thinking you couldn't do something from Nazi. Like, you couldn't do Man something in, I don't know, Go or Rust. Yeah, I don't, right? I don't think I could Man Python stuff. I don't think you could right. even Man, like, Pyth- uh, Pascal. 
back then. Right. I think it's pretty much because C is Unix based. I mean, Unix was originally written in C. Or Unix is C based. I said it backwards. Right, yes. right. Uh, then I think that's probably why. But like, yeah, those are really the only options. I spent a lot of time in the library mm. when I was getting my library. CS degree because that's where books were. Books. <laughs> yeah. And These and then it sound familiar. And then I had a huge collection yes. of textbooks for different languages. Mm-hmm. I remember I photocopied like the entire thing of like Lisp, like it was like a Lisp reference manual. I just photocopied the whole thing because mm-hmm. I needed it so often. I couldn't buy it because right. I had no money. So that was the only way to look things up back then. But and do you use books now? Not really. No, yeah. I will sometimes get like ebooks from like humble bundle or whatever mm-hmm. uh and i'll read through them to understand concepts mm-hmm. but as a reference no yeah i think the last book on programming i read which was a digital book was when swift came out oh yeah i remember swift and there was like a link in the announcement like here is the entire swift programming language you know uh documentation in a book and i downloaded the the digital pdf or whatever it was and yeah. read that my my book my book go-to was O'Reilly. I think that was mm. most people's. That's the one with all the, like, animal yes. pictures on the front. Yeah. The colophone or whatever they called the thing. At the end, you'd go look it up. You're like, what animal is this? It right. would show you at the end. It's the crab book, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a white-breasted nut crab. And you'd be like, oh, wow, okay then. what? <laughs> <laughs> Let's Google the white-breasted nut crab. And see I don't if think that's going to turn up a good thing. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so that's what we used to do. Yes. And... Google came on the scene, became a better search Search engine engine than Mm -hmm. basically any of the other ones, Mm -hmm. and people started being able to Google for how to solve problems in software. Right. Bringing us back to your initial comment. Right. And and I think another major website that we should give props to, because it's usually the first hit on every search, is a site called Stack Stack Overflow. Overflow, Yeah. And Stack Overflow is a site where people go to post questions about all kinds of things, because they have a whole network of sites about every topic you can think. But yeah. I believe the first one was programming, and so people go there to find answers or ask questions and get answers to their questions. If I remember correctly, Glassdoor was done by Joel Spolsky and his whole yes. thing, and that was a software company. And so like, they put it together, I think, initially targeting that demographic, and it sort of grew into just a generic, hey, ask a question, and we can put answers here right. and you can tag them and whatnot yeah regardless if it's computer related right yeah, I, I, it's like the whole stack exchange network i yes, think yeah. exactly so uh and i mean that's an amazing resource of course as an amazing resource it, it, as it is it also can lead to things where people just go and look for their answers and copy and paste the answer into yes. their code rather than actually understanding what they're doing, right. which uh, is kind of like our generation's, you know, script kitty yeah. of people who don't know the code they're using. They just find it on the internet and put it into a program and hope it works. So when's the first time that you remember looking at something to get to, you were trying to figure out how to do that. I, I'll tell you what mine was. Cause I do remember that. Okay. Uh, and I will think I'm not, I know we touched on this during our, our programming language uh, episode. So, uh, but HTML, right. Mm. Some people consider that programming, some people don't. But I will say that the first time I remember stealing anything that was code-like mm-hmm. was when the web was fairly new. And I would go on, I'm like, that's neat. How did they do that? And mm-hmm. I'd go look, steal it, and then like tweak things until I understood how it worked. And then yeah. I would embed it in my web page. Like, oh, I would like the Cheers theme song as a MIDI to play when you come to my web page. Why not? <laughs> 
Right. Uh, yeah, no, I, you're probably, my first time was probably also the same way. I mean, that's one of the really interesting things about web pages is that at least before everything was created with frameworks that spit out like unintelligible or minified or obscured code, yeah. every website had its source code by, by a right click view source. And so, yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't really remember the first time I looked on it. Um, but I've been searching for answers on the internet for what seems like forever now. So it's been a long time. It was probably like in the late nineties or early OOs or something like that, but. So now that we've kind of gone over like what, we, we use the word, we use the term Googling. Obviously even before Google, there was a web and there was information on it. And so people could have searched for answers using, you know, AltaVista or whatever. Um, but because Google is the behemoth search engine that basically killed all other search engines and its name is a very verbable yeah. word. It it's, just became synonymous with searching the it's internet. It's the Q-tips of, yes. of, of internet search engines. Yes, yeah. it's the Kleenex, it's the Xerox, yeah. it's the Post-it note. Yeah. I mean, you might use Bing to Google something. Right. <laughs> that reminds me of that of that joke of like, what is Internet Explorer good for? Downloading Chrome. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I guess the, the next question though is, in 2022 when you're programming and you're learning, like, let's just get this out of the way. Whether you're a beginner programmer or you've been working in the industry for 30 years, is Googling okay? Yes. Okay. Well, I, I guess that wraps up this podcast, everybody. Go <laughs> uh, and Google. No. I, I will. Uh, so let me defend my position, I guess. Uh, yes, unless you're, whole, unless you're just ripping out entire source code chunks with no, uh, without attributing it. Like if you take an entire program, like mm -hmm. a library, and you just import it in mm -hmm. uh, to your, and, and you rip out all the licensing and whatnot, that would be wrong. But if you're like, oh man, what's the... Which percent code do I use in printf to do, like, how, how do you format floating point numbers again? I can never remember. Is it 0 0.2? Is that leading? You know, mm -hmm. right. That's fine. You're looking at, if you're using it as reference, it's 100% fine. Yeah. Because especially languages change so fast. JavaScript is mm -hmm. a great example of that. It changes constantly. Mm -hmm. They're always introducing new things. It's, mm -hmm. I think, one of the reasons it's so popular. Yeah. Uh, it's just like, it's a very agile type language, although it's also beholden to itself for all the cruft that it brought along. Um, but because it's always introducing new things, I don't think anyone... Back when I started programming, mm -hmm. you could basically just know the entirety of syntax for, say, C off the top of your head. You mm -hmm. could just have that in there because it was a small enough reference. Mm-hmm. That it made sense. Now, that's not doable. Now, you talked about problem solving. Mm -hmm. Googling for how to solve a problem is okay if it's pointing you at, like, algorithms or design patterns. Again, if you just steal the code, rip out any attribution mm -hmm. and do it, I think that's where, I think that's where that, that line is. So, I mean, it, it, this is kind of the same issue as, like, all things, like, kind of the ship of Theseus issue is, yes. like... How much can you copy before you're now infringing on, you know, your integrity as a programmer? You right. Know? Uh, and, and, and just to, to back that up, uh, to play a little devil's advocate, like, someone could say that, like, if you search for an answer on Stack Overflow and someone gives you, I don't know, like, five or more lines of code and you just copy and put that into your, your thing and go on about your day, that's bad. Don't do that. It's better. And you'll even see comments in Stack Overflow where some people will kind of, like, say, don't just, you know 
ask for an answer, get the code, copy it, and go out about your day. Like, it's about figuring out how the code works. Like, really, the ideal thing is that the answer will point you in the direction of understanding it, where then you will then go and write the code and not just copy and paste, because then we get, you know, copy and pasting, and so everybody's, nobody's actually learning, and it's really only the old guard that knows, and they're just kind of like putting out all you know, the resources and the new guard is just taking it and not understanding it. Yeah. And that's a bad thing. It is. I, I, you mentioned script kitties earlier. Uh, for those who don't know, basically, those are like the light version of hackers, mm-hmm. right? A hacker actually knows what they're doing generally. They will go onto a system, they will find weaknesses and exploit them and do... Right. Script kitties will use the knowledge that those people did mm-hmm. to just literally run scripts against... To, to, find, to find the exploits and just exploit them. But they don't understand how and why it works. Mm -hmm. And I think understanding why is crucial to good software development. I think you can get away with Googling just about everything Mm -hmm. and shove a bunch of stuff together and have a functional piece of code that will not necessarily be a well-written code. It might not necessarily be well-organized. Probably, I would almost guarantee it's not. I think the biggest downside to the modern development problem is... There was a time when there was much more emphasis put on code quality, and mm-hmm. I think now it's much more about uh, speed of execution on code. Mm-hmm. And so people will just take solutions that work and drop them in, and then you just have a bunch of glue code making all the different disparate pieces working together. Right. That's where I, my, my personal beef with the way people program today, and Googling is a big part of that, comes from that. So to dovetail onto that, continuing to play devil's advocate, like how is that any different from grabbing a library that someone has already written and putting it into your code because you need that function? Like let's say, not to bring up a potential uh, future topic, but like, uh, you know, some kind of artificial intelligence uh, module. You know, you're writing a game and you don't know how to make the pathfinding for the enemies. But, oh, someone has already done that because they've made 100 games and they know how to do a simple pathfinding for your enemies in your, you know, 2D platformer or something. Um, what's wrong with just taking their library? Are you saying that, well, it's probably better and ideal if you just learn how pathfinding works and write your own implementation that's going to be buggy and full of cruft and not as good or take what's established because they did all the work for you? Why wouldn't you do it? It's a great question. Um, that's why. <laughs> I, I think it's totally fine to use libraries. I also think it's totally fine to just pull different code samples out and mm. slap them together using uh, glue code or whatever. What's not fine is if you were to say, take an A-star pathfinding algorithm, down, take that library, wrap it very loosely in something. Or it, if that's your claim to fame in mm. the thing that you're selling, that's where it's a problem. Okay. If right. I'm using that, if, if what's cool about my game is the pathfinding, and I didn't write that pathfinding, I better be giving that person a lot of credit. Right. If it's the voice acting is what the big thing in my game is, well, who cares? Right. <laughs> right? Um, that Then pull the code however you want. People use RPG Maker to write games. Mm-hmm. The 90% of that is is just going to be... Right. Like pre-existing code, like yeah. a framework, and you're just... Like like you said, the the art and the, the sound and the voice and the, the, the plot, that's all... You know, yeah. unique. Now, for me personally, I like writing all of the foundational level stuff. Mm-hmm. I want that to work. I'm so picky <laughs> about how APIs should be done and uh, and written. 
and how to use them and write clean code and have good patterns that I struggle with writing code in poorly implemented frameworks. Mm. And so a lot of the times when I Google for things, I'm like, okay, yes, that would work, but I don't like the way it's written. And so Mm -hmm. I have to, in order to write good, high quality code, I have to understand what is it, what exactly is that doing? Why does it work? Mm-hmm. Often I will trace back to like, why did they even create this function in this way in the first place? Like, what's the history of this thing? Like, effectively the etymology of, of <laughs> like, I do that all the time. I understand and I'm like, all right, well, there isn't a better way to do this unless I write this big framework around it. So fine, I can use this, but then I can comment the code appropriately. Right. I can say the right things. I can say this is not necessarily the most efficient method for this or if i need efficiency and someone's already figured out a really efficient method i can put it in there and say okay what this is actually doing (laughs) yeah i mean it's it's it almost goes back to and i mean this is almost going outside of kind of the scope of what this episode is about but it's like we all stand on you know the The shoulders shoulders of of giants giants. like there's no reason to reinvent the wheel if the wheel has been made you don't need to make the wheel again but you could make a better wheel, yes. or you could make a unique wheel, or you could add that wheel into something else that expands upon it. And Or like we were saying, if you're making a game, every kind of game generally has been made, you know, oh, you're making, you know, a, a, you know, a 4D roguelite, you know, fantasy dragon, uh, 100% science-based MMO. That's great, but it's probably been tried by a few hundred thousand people already, but... You're going to add your own little unique spin on it. Yeah. You don't necessarily need to write everything from scratch because that exists, and we should use that, and we should expand upon it. And Google is kind of your portal to what does already exist, yes. what problems have been solved, what libraries have been made, so that you don't start from scratch when you're making your you know, yeah. print on the world. I mean, a lot of the times when you want to develop something, let's say a game, there's an interesting part to you mm-hmm. that you want to write or play with or whatever. And then there's all the other stuff you have to do. <laughs> yeah. Like, let's say I did, to use your example, let's say I did have a great idea for a new pathfinding algorithm. Yeah. In order to get to the point of being able to use that, I have to have my world with obstacles and characters and all that other stuff. And I probably want to be able to see it. Well, maybe I'm not, maybe I don't know how to use pie game or rpg maker i don't know how to do any of those things so like do i build all that stuff from scratch probably not Mm -hmm. get your framework into where it needs to be and then write the piece that you want right of course what usually happens to me is i'll have a great idea for something i will google it and someone has already done it which (laughs) then just shuts me down all the way yeah well and even more so like even when you're done with your thing and now you're thinking about kind of the branding of it you know, like, what's the domain name? Uh, is there already social media accounts? You got to use Google for that, you know? Yeah. And, and it, sometimes that defeats you because you'll have a great name <laughs> for something and you'll put it out there and then someone else will also have planned to use that same name and just hasn't gotten to Google yet. That's a really weird edge case, though. I know. That, it that doesn't very really happen very often, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, now, using Google, though, it I believe, and I think you agree, that it's a skill. Yeah. You know, like now, because Google has been out for... I don't know, 15, 20 years, and being able to find the answer to your question on Google is a skill in and of itself. And so if you're like a programmer and either you're starting your own solo project or you're starting a new job with a company, you're going to run into problems and you're not going to know all the answers and you're going to turn to Google or you know whatever in the future Google becomes. That's a skill. But 
I wouldn't necessarily put it like on my resume. Would you put it on your resume? No, but and, and why isn't why don't we put that? Why isn't an expert at figuring out the answer to questions on Google a marketable skill? It should be honestly. I think people. I think I think there's still some elitism stigma, stigma uh, around this whole subject. Realistically, everybody I know that is in our profession in mm-hmm. any capacity is that is any good at it is Googling for answers. Because you shouldn't sit there and try to figure... Like you said, you don't need to reinvent the wheel. Mm-hmm. Someone else has already dealt with this problem. Yeah. At least do a cursory check to see if that is true before you do anything. Do you put that on your resume? No, but I also don't put my typing speed on a resume. I think some people do, though. Some people do. I mean, if it's extraordinarily high. I will say, I will eagerly and unabashedly say, I don't know... In an interview, like I will say, I don't know the answer to that, but here's what I would, here's what I would use as a Google search term. Mm. Oh, okay. Because that's important. Knowing how to Google for things. Right. Or what sites to look on. Do you go directly to Stack Overflow? Do you go directly to Google? I use Google because Stack Overflow doesn't always have the answers, but sometimes if it's very niche Mm -hmm. or hard to Google because like, let's say, let's say you were trying to look something up on Go. Mm. Mm -hmm. The search... The SEO on that, the search engine optimization, is bad because yeah. it's called Go. Now, you could type Golang yeah. and then get further. But if you need to get really precise, that's where like going into somewhere like Stack Overflow, using tags, because it's that, that kind of gets around the problem of words that are used for multiple things. Because if you look at programming languages, Java, Python, Go, these are words already yeah. <laughs> that have a meaning in, in English. Right. Basic. Yeah. C, the letter C. The letter Ruby. C. Ruby. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I had one more uh, thing that I was thinking of while we were recording this that I wanted to ask you about. I feel like the next natural evolution of Googling for answers already exists, and it's called Copilot. Yeah. GitHub Copilot. So if you don't know what uh, GitHub Copilot is, I haven't actually used it. I haven't either. But as far as I know, it's kind of like a... It, it's, it's fed a bunch of public source code from GitHub itself... And it uses that as you're writing your code to essentially, like, be a super-powered suggestion engine. Like, oh, you know, like, if you remember Clippy from back in the days, like, not that it does this, but it's like, oh, it looks like you're writing a this kind of function. Well, you probably mean to finish it this way, or yeah. here's the kind of variable types you want. That's yeah. what I assume it's it, like. It takes autocomplete to a whole other level. Yeah, and they call it Copilot because it's sort of like you have an AI friend who's like, yeah looking over your shoulder as you code and constantly, like, you know, telling you what you write. So is this a good thing that this exists? Uh, is this where we should be going? I'm of, I, t- I'm of two minds on it. Okay. Uh, yes, I think it's a good thing it exists, but I think it has all of the same concerns that I brought up before about messy code bases mm-hmm. and inconsistent code between modules or whatever. I, I think you get a lot of that with something like... I think, I think you have that... The potential. Yeah. I think you have the potential to have a really messy, disconnected, hard-to-follow code base through that mm. if you're not careful. I think mm. using it to handle repetitive code, to get you the the syntax of the function you're trying to use, like how does what what param like effectively what autocomplete and intelligent IntelliSense. IntelliSense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What that stuff does, I think, is good. But if you're like, if you're doing it like those AI programs like Dolly 2, and you're just like, 
code that will generate a map for me or whatever. <laughs> yeah. And it just spits wow. it out. I didn't even think about that being like the next yeah. thing. Well, that's where I think it's going. But I think Copilot is an early version yeah. of basically that. Yeah. Could we get there? Yeah, probably. Is it going to be code that humans can go in and mess with and, you know, keep up to date and do maintenance on? That's where I get really worried. Yeah. I, I, I'm, you know, I, I have enough experience going into code bases that have existed for like 20 years or whatever that have been t- maintained by multiple people to see how difficult it is. And that's all written by humans. Now you get an artificial being writing code. I don't have any problem with that, but I don't want to maintain it. You know, it sounds like you have some um, strong opinions about uh, intelligence that is not human intelligence, I feel like that's a great future podcast episode. I agree. Yeah. Like, we could do a whole conversation just on that thing that I've just skirted around. I agree. Okay. For now, though, uh, I think that's going to wrap up our episode on Googling, i.e. searching for answers for your programming questions online. It's okay. Everybody does it. You don't have to hide it underneath yeah. the mattress. It's it's cool. Happens to everyone. It happens to everyone. Uh, <laughs> it's not a problem. Um, so thank you for joining us on this episode of Hacking the Grepson. We now return you to your regularly scheduled lives, already in progress. 